welcome to the, I guess, a Mexico Olympic post-game show real quick with me and uh, Rafa from FMF State of Mind as uh, Mexico ties Germany 2-2 to start off the, their Olympic tournament with goals from Peralta and Pizarro as uh, goals from Germany for Serge Nabri and uh, Matthias Ginter. Um, real quick, the lineup for Mexico. Talavera, Salcedo, Montes, Torres, Abela, Guti, Perez, Peralta, Marco Bueno, Lozano, and Pizarro. Right off the bat, Rafa, what would you think of the starting lineup? Yeah, the, there was a, a bit of a, a few questions asked right after the lineup came out. Uh, just because Mexico had done such a such a good job against Argentina in this last friendly, using a four-two-three-one, uh, I think this one was more of a four-four-two, something Potro has traditionally loved throughout his national team uh, stance as national team coach. Through through every youth team he's coached, he really likes his four-four-two. Uh, I thought the lineup was pretty straightforward when it comes to four-four-two. Uh, I think uh, for some people, Michael Perez was was a bit of a surprise in the midfield. Uh, but all in all, I, I thought it, it was a pretty straightforward lineup. Uh, and Mexico did well. I'm not sure what you think, but I think the the sentiment that, that everybody has after this game is, is Mexico play, it played a really good game against po- probably one of the better teams in the tournament. Yeah, and if you would have asked me, before the game started, if I would take a draw, I would have said yes. So, all in all, that's kind of what I wanted. But after watching the game, there's just so many chances Mexico could have gone up two goals, three goals. They just could not find the back of the net. No, you're completely right. Uh, I know a lot of people are giving Chucky Lozano some heat for, for missing some of those shots. But I think at the end of the day, this this was a very good Mexico team going up against a very good Germany team. Uh, there are some really good players in that Mexico team that, that let's be honest, I, I think a lot of times we, we, we like to think, or maybe it's myself who likes to think we overrate some of these players because we watch them every week. Uh, but, I mean, if I'm being completely honest with you guys, like, Guti, like Rodolfo Pizarro, like Irving Lozano, like Cesar Montes. I mean, they went toe-to-toe with some of these guys who are regular starters in the Bundesliga, and they did a superb job. And I think that's something worth worth acknowledging here. Uh, I think Mexico, Some of these guys actually were on... Uh, I think there was two of them that were actually on Germany's World Cup winning squad. Exactly. So this is this is a good Mexico team. <laughs> let's let's not forget this. I mean, it's, it's a 2-2 draw. Yes, they could have won... Uh, but again, all in all, this is a very good result for Mexico. Yeah, when it comes down to it, it's not a bad result. It's just it's one of those games where you go in ex- hoping for a tie and you come out not happy with the tie. So it's one of those games where I don't know. It's just it, the offense was clicking for me. I thought it was a lot better than because that was the big question for everyone going into this was is there, are they going to generate enough chances? Well, the answer to that was yes, they're going to generate enough chances, but. There was just the just lack of finishing, and Marco Bueno, he 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 played well. I was a little surprised with the him starting him on top. I was expecting a four-two-three-one with Peralta at the very top, but Marco Bueno held his own tonight or today. Yeah, he, he even came score came close to scoring the winner at the end. With with Marco Bueno, I think uh, I'm gonna to quote you know here a, 
local soccer legend, I guess, Bruce Arena, who it's just really it, it doesn't really matter the chances you put the the chances you create as long as you score the goals. I think if you ask me, scoring two goals against Germany is a big deal. I mean, it's two goals. Not a lot of teams can score two goals against Germany. Uh, so, kudos to to Mexico for for doing that. I think Marco Bueno did did what he had to do. Oribe Peralta helped. Um, for me, like you said, it, the midfield it was always going to be the, the important point for me. Uh, I I was a little surprised because Rodolfo Pizarro started out on the wing. Uh, I thought maybe Potro was a little cautious because he knew that that Germany had, had very dangerous players out on the wing. Uh, I think on paper, uh, the, the, his name escapes me, but he's the guy who plays with Ibai Leverkusen with Chicharito. I think it's uh, Brandt, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yep, Brandt. I thought maybe he was a bit cautious with him, and that's why I, that was the reason why Guti started out. I mean, not Guti, Pizarro started out on the right wing. Uh, obviously, as the game progressed, it was Navri, who was the first half substitute for for Goretzka that that caused the most danger. Uh, but I I really like what what I saw from Guti in the midfield. So going forward, I think Guti is going to be one of the t- determinant factors uh, for this Mexico team. Obviously, things get a, li- a bit easier now now that Germany is out of the way. Yeah, and uh, I think. Maybe the game didn't start just yet, but it should be kicking off today. The other p- members of the group, Fiji and South Korea. So, I, I, I mean, I guess we we hope for a tie in that game, huh? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the what you didn't like about Mexico. Because I'm sure that while there was a lot of things we liked, the, there was a lot of things that didn't work out today. Uh, I think we have to talk about the fullbacks a bit. Fullbacks were just... Abela, I think Aguirre starts next game over Abela. He was just getting torched left and right. And to we're talking about Pizarro. Well, Pizarro had to constantly come back. He, I mean, he did it. He always does. He tracks back, but he had to constantly track back to help him out. And I, I'm just not. I mean, if there's some criticism here, I know. Again, with all due respect to these players, but Abella and Torres Lingo were not very good. Uh, they were not good at all. Torres Nilo uh, lost his marker on the equalizer. Well, yeah, but not not just in that play. Torres Nilo lost his marker 100% of the time. Uh, True. There, I think um, I, I'm, we were talking during the game, and I mentioned to you the the right back for, for Germany. His name escapes me again, but, uh, I mean, I thought he was brilliant. He was playing sort of that, that Philip Lahm position that I go crazy about where where he sort of sneaks into the midfield. And Torres Nilo never saw that. I mean, every single time the he would cut into the inside and, and play as an interior midfielder, Torres Nilo would fall for it every single time. I mean, 100% of the time. It was just amazing for me. Uh, he was just not very good. Uh, and the same could be said about Abella. I think he, he, he's not, he didn't have a very good day against Nabry. Uh, and this coming from an Arsenal fan who's seen Nabry play. I mean, Nabry is good, but not that good. Uh, so Abella definitely did not have a very good game. Uh, now, the, it's good that you brought up Aguirre because uh, I think this is the question now. What do you do now? Do you keep Abella? Uh, I saw somebody suggest play Pizarro as right back now. But Pizarro has been doing so well up front and you know creating problems on the attack. Do you really want to sacrifice that and put Pizarro as a right back now? 
I mean, Aguirre, Aguirre has also been playing in the midfield. Do you want to put Aguirre as a right back, which is a position where he hasn't played in for a while? I mean, these are problems that, that Potro has to figure out, uh, find solutions for going forward. Uh, because if that's one place where Mexico looked weak in, it was in the fullback positions. But that was always going to be an issue. That's why we yeah. had to bring in Torres Nilo. Torres Nilo. Without Torres Nilo, I think we even had Pizarro playing left back at one point. Exactly. So that continues to be the problem for Mexico here. Uh, but, I mean, like I said before, these next two games should be the easier ones. Uh, it's not until much later in the tournament where, where teams will look to expose that. The good thing with if you start Aguirre right back, um, him and Pizarro have that understanding because they've been playing together for Pachuca for the last, well, at least since preseason. Yeah. It's... The other point uh, that I wanted to make up is, um, is just the um, Mexico's inability to to protect the lead. I know they got the two the two goals and they took the lead twice, uh, and I and I know you you blamed um, you blamed the coach for it. I, I know you said that maybe Potro didn't didn't react appropriately or didn't make the substitutions necessary, uh, but for me it had to do more with. Um, the players just couldn't adapt to to the to the situation of the game. I think it's a problem we have a lot in Liga Mekis where I, I think it takes time for players to react to these uh, to these situations. And I think this is uh... all right. Technical difficulties there, but um, yeah, you were saying Rafa about the players not adapting adapting to the situation, and that was kind of obvious once Me- once Germany scored that tying goal. It looked like they were going to go right back up, or, or Germany looked like they were going to. Take the lead because Mexico was just, just they didn't know what the hell hit them. Yeah, it's uh, like I'm the point I was trying to make is just the Mexican players still not geared towards reacting to these situations uh, quite fast enough. It was sort of like anarchy, which is a word I use a lot in Liga Mekis. Uh, that teams just don't know how to react, so it's anarchy on the field. There's players all over the field, uh, and I mean, it's just something that. Mexican teams in general have to work on because Germany took advantage of that right after Mexico scored. Uh, at that, that's supposed to be a period where Mexico can sort of just chill for a while and hold on to that lead. Uh, and if they want to go attack further down the line, then you know that's fine. But it's it almost seems like once Mexico scores, they think the job is done, and you know it, they can do whatever they want, which is not the case. They still have a, a, a lead to hold on to, it, and I think Germany took advantage of that. Uh, fragility, I think that that Mexico showed mentally, and and at the end of the day, Mexico ended up losing two points. If if you want to look at it that way, uh, I'm not sure if you agree with that or not. I mean, I think they should have had the three, all three points. The point I was trying to make when we were talking during the game was, you know, you go, you when you when you're the side that loses the lead twice, then yeah, I I'd say you're the you're the side that lost the two points. Well, yeah, I think that's quite obvious, but uh, I just think that these—it's a learning process. I think it's good that it happens now, but if you see this happening in a World Cup, you know, you can just imagine the the kind of criticism we give Mexico, even if it's Germany, or we probably just laugh it off and say, you know, typical Mexico, you know, always choking or something like that. But I mean, for me, this has to change. This this shouldn't happen anymore. I know I was kind of criticizing Potro for. For like when we went up two one, I was really hoping he'd bring he would take one of the forwards out and bring in another midfield to flood the midfield. 
I mean, I was fine with going like a four-five-one. Give us some extra, an extra player no, in the middle. No, you're quite right. Like I would have brought in uh, Ponchito. Yeah, I think Ponchito would have been a better player to, to control the ball. He's more of a possession kind of guy. He's I'm not sure what thought about... He's got a high yeah. work rate too. I'm not sure what you thought about Kubo. Kubo, I mean, I, he showed well. I thought he played well. Those, what did he play like 15 minutes? I I'd agree. I was impressed with Kubo. I'm not gonna lie. And he could have had an assist if Lozano yeah. just trusted his left foot and went first touch. Yeah, uh, he he cost Germany German defense some problems. It, it, it surprised me. At, at first, I'm like, why Kubo? Come on, like Kubo, really? But after a while, he he did a good job. He he brought that energy in the final third. Uh, I I can't say the same about Carlos Cisneros. I, Carlos Cisneros. I thought he he looked a bit timid. That uh, substitution, I, that's, I think Boncho should have been one of the subs. I, I don't know if I'm, you know, everyone thinks I'm crazy, but why, I see Snellos, I was like, why? What are we doing? Yeah, maybe it was, it was more of a like-for-like like sub, but I thought he was a bit timid. Uh, I don't, I've seen, the other, the last point I wanted to make is, I mean, in my opinion, I know a lot of people are just, you know, surfing th- Surfing through Twitter, I see a lot of people give Michael Perez a lot of props. I didn't, I didn't think he had a very good game, if I'm being honest. Uh, I know I saw a stat where it said that he had the highest pass rating in all of the Mexican team. Uh, I didn't like it, and I know I should have brought it up earlier, but I don't know if I stick with Victor Guzman from now on instead of uh, instead of Perez. I just don't think that he's the right player to play with Guti. Uh, I think there is a reason why he had such a high pass rate, and, uh, and that's because Germany is just smart enough to let him have the ball. Because instead of you know, who'd you rather have the ball on their feet, Guti or or Perez? If you're Germany, obviously Perez, uh, because he's not as technically gifted as as a Gutierrez is. But I didn't think he had a very good game. <laughs> I thought he was he was very he was part of the reason of, of my last complaint, which where I said that. Um, that Mexico looked like they were in anarchy after they scored the goal. I think he was one particular player that was just all over the place. He was just, you know, running up and down. And I'm like, well, if you're a central defensive midfielder uh, next to a very creative guy like Guti, your job is to bring order rather than just create more chaos, if, if I'm making more sense. So maybe that's another position where, uh, where Potro has to look into a bit more. Uh, but I guess that's my opinion. I know a lot of people are, are saying Perez had a really good game. Uh, I disagree. So I'm not sure what you think about Perez. Yeah, I thought he was a little frazzled. Um, what we could do is we can just move Pizarro to the middle with Guti. I mean, that that's what I was expecting anyways. Yeah, but I think they would be very similar. I, I made this point, I think, in the in one of the articles I wrote uh, heading into this game that Pizarro is such a brilliant player in between lines. Uh, he's a guy who who creates chaos, but creates chaos in a good way. Uh, that means he makes his teammates better around him. I think when it comes to a defensive midfielder position, you're supposed to have a guy who, who just, you know, brings order, who is solid, who who sees the game in front of him and says, you know, I'm supposed to set order. You know, let's not get a bit crazy right now. We, we're in the lead. Let's Let's chill for a while. Rather than being the guy, okay, we're in the lead. Let's just keep going forward and just running up and down like crazy. That's what I thought about Michael Perez. Now, let's be honest, aside from Victor Guzman, who does Mexico have in, in that central defensive midfield position that, that can do that? I don't think there is anybody who can do that. Uh, 
And maybe in that case, we talked about before it, it was talked about bringing a guy like Ayito Vasquez in. I know it's too late now, but I think a guy like Ayito Vasquez would have done a very good job today. Yeah, he would have been that perfect guy in the middle to. Because there's one thing Gallito does is, it's like controlled chaos for him. He tr- he causes chaos for their team. But as soon as he gets the ball, he knows, hey, I'm not the best guy with the ball. I'm not gonna be dropping 40 yard passes. Let me get this to Guti. Let me get this to Lozano. Let me just, you know, move the ball around. Yeah, not, exactly. He's he's not looking to make the killer pass. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. Maybe. I'll get a lot of heat for that, but I wasn't a fan of Michael Pettis today. Well, if you stay with the four four two, I mean, who else would you bring in there? It's well, Victor Guzman would be the Victor Guzman is a bit more uh, level headed, I guess would be the right words. Uh, I like the idea of Eric Aguirre, especially when you're going up against uh, against, with all due respect, lesser opponents. Uh, in fact, I I would have not. Minded if if uh, if Perez started the next game, uh, it's against because, PG. So yeah, because because it's good. I mean, it's good to have two very attack minded, I guess, more more push forward kind of guys. But against Germany, you you know these this is a a very good team. You can't play with with two two very similar guys up in the midfield. Um, but it, it it all comes down to to personal likes, I guess. Maybe that's just the kind of coach Potro Gutierrez is. He thought that maybe Mexico would have uh, a bit more of a chance. You know, the same could be said about Juan Carlos Osorio, but you know, let's not talk about that game again. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. Um, a couple questions from people on Twitter. Um, do you think the weather played any condition, any sort of factor into this? That's a pretty good question. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know what you think. I'd like to see what you think first about the weather. I think maybe maybe at first, but it seems like the team adjusted. Both teams adjusted well. You know, it wasn't like the the rain was in and out for a lot of the game. So that's what I. I mean, both teams obviously like to play on the ground. So yeah, I I'd agree with you. I saw a lot of shots early in the game from both teams. So maybe they they thought they would take advantage of uh, the slippery surface. Uh, I thought Germany was a little bit too respective in the first few. Actually, in all the first half, I thought they, they sat back for, for quite a bit. I think it was in the first 15 minutes or so. Uh, I thought maybe that was the case because just the rain, you know. Uh, it's not to say that it doesn't rain a lot in Germany because it does, but uh, maybe just they were they were trying to get, get used to the field and just the environment being a completely different you know, environment to, to what they're used to in Germany. And let's not forget this German team only had like a week to get ready. Uh, they didn't have any friendlies like mexico did so all in all they they were very good one thing to keep in mind for the first half hour of that game was uh germany their captain got subbed off yeah Goretzka. so i can see why they were a little timid at first especially once that sub went off yeah and it's funny because i know a lot of a lot of us follow the bundesliga now that chicharito's there Uh, and it's quite impressive to see that most of the starting 11, or I think all the starting 11 is for, for Germany, they're all regulars in the Bundesliga. I mean, all of them. Uh, I don't think that it might be one or two players that, are, that aren't, but other than that, I think most of these guys are, are you know, regular stars in their team. Uh, Goretzka and Mayer were, were two players I, I particularly thought were interesting uh, just because 
we've seen him. We've seen Schalke play against Bayer Leverkusen, and uh, I mean, you just can't say enough how good Schalke is. Uh, technically speaking, they're, they're just superb. Uh, so I was kind of a little bummed out that Goretzka got hurt a little bit, uh, just 30 minutes into the game. So uh, that was quite unfortunate. So. I mean, if there's anything to take from this game, it's Mexico played a very good game against a very good team. It's only going to get easier from here. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's see a couple more questions. Um, if you had to pick, which striker would you prefer, Marco Bueno or Kubo Torres? Well, that's tough because we just talked about how Kubo played a really good game. Yeah, I mean, not to um, discount from I thought Bueno, you know, he did the job over 90 minutes or however long he was in the field, so. I think he he did his job. I think he did. Yeah, he went ninety minutes. So, I thought he did his job. He was what he's supposed to do. I mean, he he had that. He almost like you said. He almost won the game on that header. But so did Kubo. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd still go with with uh, um, Bueno just because. I don't know. Maybe he's a little bit more used to this system. That's the guy who Potters trusts. I think Kubo hasn't been getting games at Dynamo and even before today. I didn't think very highly of Kubo actually. I thought Saldivar, who's not here with us for for the Olympics, I think Saldivar was in front of Kubo, in my opinion. So I still would go with Bueno. I, I don't know. That's a tough one because I like Kubo's cameo, though. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind is that it's it's you know, they play on uh, on Sunday, Sunday. So and then they play on uh, Tuesday. No, Wednesday. Wednesday. So they got it's it's a tough it's a hard schedule. You know, they play three games in like six days. Yeah. So squad rotation is key. And then Baralta was banged up at the end of that game too. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets rested. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either just because it's... If we lose to Fiji, then we have other issues. Yeah, Fiji. I mean, with all due respect, but that should be three points. Yeah, it, it should be at least a three. And you never know. Let's pump up that goal difference. Yeah, because first place, that might be the difference. Yeah. Um, another question we got: What are your thoughts on the three overage players? I know we we actually haven't talked touched on Peralta. I know we kind of ripped on Torres Nilo, <laughs> and Talavera was Talavera, I don't yeah. know he he's okay. I don't know the goal. You didn't ask for yeah. yeah. But yeah, what do you think about Peralta? He's still going strong. Yeah, Peralta. I like Peralta. I always like Peralta. <laughs> I, I don't think there'll be a moment where I don't like Peralta. I think even lately with Club America, he hasn't... I mean, he scored a hat-trick, but I think a few months ago or so, he still wasn't playing very good for for America. But he scores goals. I mean, the thing with Peralta is Peralta could have a 0% completion rate when it comes to passing, but the guy scores like a hat-trick. So <laughs> he's just that kind of player. I think... Peralta is is just one single-handedly one of the best forwards Mexico has had in, in a few years, uh, and he had a he had a good game today. I, I know he got banged up at the end, but uh, he's Peralta. What else can I say? El cepillo. Yeah, all you can say. Um, and anyone anyone else to, to wrap this up? Anyone else that stood out to you? I know there's one guy I want to talk about, so I'm going to beat you to it. Cesar Montes. Yeah, Beast. Montes. Uh, I was talking during the game and I said uh, you know aside from the three Pachuca players if there's another player that's ready for Europe in this team it, it has to be Montes I thought he was brilliant today 
very very good player yeah and the announcers were you know they made note of that too they kept saying how this guy just looked like he was ready to go yeah i mean he was just very good i was surprised with carlos Salcedo too i know i didn't give him much love in the last podcast but he did well today yeah, I mean the defense, the center backs. I'm not worried about those two guys. The you know the spine of the team, you know the center backs, Talavera, Guti in the middle, Peralta, like those guys. I know they're going to be there. And so and that's good, and that makes Mexico hard to break down. I still have my question marks on, on Carlos Salcedo, but I thought he was a good. It was a good game today. I think again, when it comes to these players, they're they're a guarantee. They're going to give their 100. Uh, percent It's just the fullbacks again. Yeah, fullbacks. I mean, can we call up Layun? I mean, please. Layun, yeah. That's just not good. Um, and anything else to touch on before we wrap this up? No, just a very good point for Mexico, and there's reason to be excited. It's let's not forget that it's this is an exciting team. Uh, they can only go forward from here. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's, I'm really looking forward to the game Sunday. It's it'll be. I think the game's at like 11 my time. Chicago time? Yeah, it's 11 Chicago time, noon Eastern, so perfect. You know, when's the first League MX game? Is it For... Pumas on Sunday? Oh, on Sunday, yeah. So it'll be a nice long day of soccer. Yeah. All right, well. Very nice. Yeah, you can find uh, post-game stuff, more articles at uh, FMF State of Mind. Or hit, you can hit me up on Twitter at The Colorful Kit. And what about you, Rafa? Yeah, same thing. MexicanFootcom on Twitter. I should be getting to work and just putting this, I guess, in a more concise way, all this ranting I did. Uh, so there should be an article up on FMF State of Mind soon. Uh, but, yeah. And one thing to keep in mind, guys, NBC is crazy about highlights. So if, you, if, you, if you're trying to find a highlights, you're pretty much better off going to the source because they, I don't think they let you embed them anywhere and they'll take them down. So. Yeah, I tried. I tried finding highlights because I usually post highlights for for the games on my Twitter. But yeah, there's nobody's posting them. Nobody. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully, we'll do one of these for the other other two games. So. All right. I'm out. See you guys.